Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Fuel Radio today. My guest is George Cuellar. George is a coach and uh, you've been a veterinarian most of your life. Is that right? That was your... uh, ending a 40-year career in veterinary medicine. And I kind of fell into this, this uh, new uh, horizon for me. Um, it was not my intention, but it did happen. Yeah, so let's talk about that. How did you end up uh, coaching and getting into the coaching world? So I I was uh, kind of uh, you know fooling around trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life, and retirement wasn't in the books. So uh, lo and behold, I got a call from a friend of mine who wanted me to enter a project into a startup business. And what specifically they wanted was for me to head up the leadership portion of a startup business. And that would be a separate business of itself um, that would be just leadership-based, mentoring-based, and that kind of thing. And so uh, because of my career and leadership kind of bona fides, if you will, I, I said yes to this. And I was going to model it after a book by Peter Singe called The Fifth Discipline Field Book. Um, so The Fifth Discipline is a, a book that has kind of five real uh, portions. I think it's one of the best business books ever written. And the, 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 the portions or the chapters or the thoughts are systems thinking, uh, personal mastery, mental models, shared vision, and team learning. And so what I learned from that was that systems thinking was kind of putting together plans based on cause and effect. If you look at a business, there are all these causes and all these effects. But a lot of times we get mired in the, in the day-to-day and we don't see them. But to step back and actually look at what is working, what is balancing what is taken away, what is additive, is a way to look at businesses that I had never really thought of. But my sweet spot was personal mastery. That's something I've been teaching for 25 years. And so for me, personal mastery means that you know you can't know anybody or anything until you know yourself internally. And you need to know, you know who am I? What do I stand for? What's my mission? What's my purpose? And so that has been something that I've used in a mentoring capacity for so long with everybody. And then the next thing is mental models, which is actually culture. You know, what's the culture of your business? And culture is huge. And, and to, to disassimilate it and then reassimilate it in a way that you want is what mental models are. And then the primary thing for a leader is, is to share a vision. Uh, so shared vision was something that I have looked at in my own businesses and I've owned two businesses and I just sold my uh, veterinary business um, in 2019. And so how do you do that? And, and, and so that the core of leadership is actually to share a vision, create accountability, you know, and share more and create accountability. I mean, that's just a business model that goes on and on. And then interestingly enough, when you put it all together, it's about team learning. So the the team learns as a group through dialogue and everything like that. 
So personal mastery was my goal. And I was going to create this company based on that concept. A lot of Stephen Covey, some John Maxwell, a little Simon Sinek, you know, just a little bit of everything kind of sprinkled in um, into this whole personal mastery and leadership thing. Well, I, I, I ended up getting involved in taking and then learning about the Enneagram. And the Enneagram kind of changed some things for me in terms of what I knew about myself, what I started to know about others, what I could see in that small group of four that was starting this new business. And so we needed somebody to come in and help us uh, with the Enneagram. And so we hired a coach. Now, this was completely foreign concept to me, coaching. I have no clue, no clue at all, you know, what I what, what, it, what it was. But from advice that I got from one of the principals in the group was that he had had a coach and it had changed his life. And so we looked for a coach that had coaching experience, leadership experience, and Enneagram experience. And she came in and presented to the team and in the interim time, I had spoken to her on the phone many times, and I had kind of, I guess, just kind of gotten myself completely involved in this Enneagram world, you know, um, not only taking the Enneagram, but just studying it and podcasts and all that stuff. So I'm Enneagram savvy, but, you know. Can I ask you what number you are on the Enneagram? <laughs> I'm a five. You're a five. I'm okay. a five. Enneagram five. <laughs> Just tell what what just define a five for a sec. Okay, so five is a person that's, you know, in their head as opposed mm-hmm. to in their heart or in their body, <laughs> thinking, knowledge, you know, independent. Um, that's me, you know. So, so probably kind of typical for, for medical for medical people or people that are sort of in that profession. Hey, like, I w- I wonder, you know, I th- yeah, I think. I think we get we get a lot of twos because they're just in in their heart. Uh, mm-hmm. The veterinarian that I was working for that was in the group was a two. Yeah. Um, one of the principals was a one, and then we had our, our seven who was just optimistic and just never stopped talking and would capture the whole meeting. And so you know it's very <laughs> yeah. interesting, how does not it? Work. Yeah, why so, don't you know? So, I, yeah. <laughs> so what are you, Rod? What are you? Oh, I'm a nine. So I. I get overwhelmed right. quite easily, uh, but I f- and I feel all the feelings in a room. And <laughs> my wife's and I, I know exactly how that is. So, <laughs> yeah. got it totally. Um, so this coach came in and she was she taught us, and I ended up not staying with that group, and I ended up hiring this coach, you know, to just kind of keep on going because I was fascinated by the whole idea. Because I was used to being a mentor, and in a mentoring situation, I'm the expert. In a coaching situation, right, your client or your coachee is the expert, which is a completely was a completely different thought. And so, after a few sessions, she talked me into taking a certification, one certification class, or she helped me actually find the certification that I liked, and the one that resonated with me was Coactive, and so. The Coactive uh, Training Institute was what I chose, and I did their first course, and it blew me away. I, I was floored by the whole 
concept of coaching. And so a typical five, I'm, I'm, I'm a five. Um, I just couldn't, uh, couldn't get enough of it. And I've finished all 104 hours of, of the training and now I'm the certification. And so I, I, I love my clients. I, I have, I don't have that many six or seven, you know, but they're just, it's just so fascinating. And the things that, uh, the things that they do, they can do with their lives. Um, it just, it just, um, it just keeps me going. It's just fantastic. That's the great thing about that kind of coaching, isn't it? Just the, the magic that sort of happens if, when you, when you trust the process, because <laughs> if you're anything like I, I, the coaching training that I got is probably fairly similar to yours. I, the main phrase that stood out to me was just to hold everybody capable, you know, and, uh, and where I learned it actually was working for a nonprofit. We were working with people that are coming out of addiction and, you know, various forms of mental illness and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the tendency is to just want to help them and just do it for them, you know? So yeah. that was it. But it was a great training ground to just sit back and it was like, well, what can you do? And, and, and just to help figure out like what, what the next step is that they wanted to take rather than like, if they needed help with their resume, they might expect us to do the resume, create the resume for them. But it was like, well, how much of this could you actually do yourself, you know? And just to see the, what that does for people when you hold them capable and, uh, Give them the opportunity to try and do do something. Yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm of the opinion that um, we get taught in school how to speak all the time, and we have no classes on how to listen. Yeah, yeah. Anything, you know, it's the listening. Yeah, you know, it, it, to me, coaching and, and listening kind of go hand in hand, and learning how to listen, you know, in a way that's accessible and emotionally there and kind of, kind of, you know, holding a person, like you said, um, one of the tenets for coactive is holding people that they're naturally creative, resourceful and whole, you know, mm, nice. I think that's probably yeah. a cornerstone of, of all coaching is that people, people come and, and they, they are, they're fine, regardless of whatever situation they find themselves in. And that's a real bonus to just to hold people like that because the response is that they, it, it builds trust. You know, I mean, if there's any kind of tips, you know, it's create safety, create connection, create trust, you know, create a safe space, create confidentiality. Yeah. But once you do that and, 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 and you assume that everybody's there because they're, they're a great person and they got, a lot to give in this world. It's it's fascinating what comes up. Yeah, yeah. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, and this happens every time you see like a, a championship. I feel like like I was what the Stanley Cup just happened, and the you know the the Vegas Knights won. There was twenty one Canadians on the team. <laughs> again, but, um, yeah. But they the same things. Uh, you were what jumped out at me. What you were talking about was they they. Uh, on almost all winning teams, it always comes up on what a great culture it was and that I love these guys or these gals or these people on my team and I would do anything for them. And, you know, they definitely, um, you know, it's so evident that they have each other's backs and 
all that kind of stuff. But it it always speaks to the culture. And the owner of the Vegas Knights said that within six years we would win a Stanley Cup, which was quite a you know normally expansion teams don't don't do that. But he probably really set the tone or the vision like this is a winning. We're not going to accept. Uh, <laughs> losing not not losing but you know it, he set the tone for for a championship team there so i just it, it just comes up all the every time at the end of almost every series whether it's basketball or football they almost always say the same things i love these i love these guys and yeah yeah interestingly enough right i think yeah. that um i've always looked at coaching before i was in this in this area in this arena as um a numbers thing or, or a schematic thing or the schemes or, you know, whatever the plays in football or, you know, the kind of offense and defense in basketball and in hockey, you know, what kind of posture they took or what kind of offense and defense and that coaching was a, you know, a schematic thing. And it's not, mm-hmm. you know, the greatest coaches are the ones that motivate their players there's, you know, there's a difference between, right, extrinsic and intrinsic motivation, right? So, so, so some coaches motivate extrinsically and they, you know, they make their players work. And the other ones take them out to dinner, get them to like each other, get them to care deeply about each other, get them to know each other's families, get them to have each other's back. And guess which ones are the winner? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It makes complete sense that, that caring deeply about, somebody makes much more difference in your performance than than being paid a, a bonus or being you know uh, 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 you know asked or being told to do it because of whatever extrinsic motivation comes to mind at the time mm-hmm. when you started out as a veterinarian did you have any idea that about the business side of things I, I have heard oh. other professionals say, oh, I just wanted to be, I have a good friend who's a, a dentist down the street here. <laughs> he, he's, he has said this to me. I had no idea that it, about the business side of things. He, he's, he's really, he's finally into a good rhythm, but it took him a long time to figure that part of it out. I, I think that, uh, you know, there's the old adage about the baker who is baking for uh, a person and, and thinks to himself, you know, um, it's called the entrepreneurial seizure. You know, <laughs> I could do this on my own. You know, why am I, why am I working for this person? Right. But then the doing is different than the leading is different than the managing. And those three are always there in any business. And so as soon as you buy the business, all of a sudden there are two different or three different hats you have to put on. Mm-hmm. As a leader, you got to look at vision and where you're going. As a manager, you got, you know, hold a tight string so you can actually be profitable, you know? Mm-hmm. And as a doer, you know, you're just working in the business. Mm-hmm. So I call that working in the business and working on the business. And your dentist friend figured out the difference about working <laughs> in the business and working on the dip, on the business. Yeah. T- totally different things. Yeah. Right. And just as a side note, I built his website for him. So. <laughs> well, there you go. And you get to, you get to the, was he uh, on your podcast too? He did, did I did a series of podcasts for him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We did some to sort of a, as a promotional kind of thing, or let, to get the word out about his his business. Yeah, but um, he's doing great now. Like he's just 
chugging along. Uh, and yeah, so so you speaking of websites, you did just open a website called the Morning Walk Coaching. And maybe you could just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could just yeah, there it is. Yeah, I could see it behind you. So our our listeners can't see that, but if we post this on video, they'll be able to see. Um, how'd you come up with that name and sort of what's what's behind the brand? Tell us the story of the Okay. So um I am an Enneagram five. So I in the past I've done everything on my own. And I was about to do that. I I got Wix, I got all this stuff. I was gonna do my own website and about 10 minutes into it, and I had a completely different name and a completely different everything. I was going to do something totally different. And right in the middle of it, I thought, you know what? If anything I've learned from coaching, it's that, you know, I should ask for some input from somebody. So so um, I decided to include my wife, who's a photographer, my daughter, who is a stained glass artist, and her boyfriend, who is an artist, artist, and so we, uh, I got kind of put together an agenda. We would gather into the living room. I set up a day for a few hours, and we sat and talked. All four of us came. You know what's the name and everything. And so, morning walk coaching is my wife's idea. And my daughter's idea. I can't remember who came up with it, but it's their idea because I walk every day, you know? And so it was, it was more of a reflection of who I am. So I'm pretty determined. I'm pretty focused. I almost never miss a day that I'm not walking three and a half miles first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so it was a reflection of kind of what I do, but who I am and, and internally about something about my values and, and it said a lot. And as soon as they said it, it just resonated with me. And so, you know, coaching and resonance, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. resonance is a big deal. Right? Yeah, and so yeah. it just, it just resonated with me and, and I, I stuck to it. And, uh, you know, being a previous business owner, I decided to use my own business skills. So I formed a company. I formed an LLC. Um, I got all the certifications. Called my accountant. Told me. Told him what I was doing. We had a talk, and here we. Are, here I am. And so, um, I had to build a website. So, if there's any tips uh, I can give, one of them is to hire you for the website because you did a great job. Um, and 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 there is uh, a book. That I have called the Prosperous Coach. It's right behind me. Um, mm. And in that book, I think I found some things about coaching that I didn't know. Um, it's a word of mouth business. It's a business about about connection, one on one, not necessarily um, you know advertising or that kind of thing. It's about conversations. And so I made a list of 45 people that I know after 40 years of being a veterinarian and leadership and that kind of thing. And so I'm going down the list and calling them and just catching up because it's just about conversation. So I'm trying to have as many as I can. This is one I'm having with you. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and it's all about, you know, referrals and renewal. Um, you know, that's probably the best tip I can give you. It's, it's that, 
you know, it's connecting and having referrals and having renewals. So that's how I came up with a name, um, and and here I am. Yeah, and I think I saw in your bio you had a heart incident along the way. Is that what kind of got you walking and exercising more consistently? Is that the impetus? Stroke. Yeah, stroke. Yeah, stroke in 2018. Um, I was 59. Um, I woke up or didn't wake up or or you know my my wife called me actually about. Five minutes after having a stroke and I fell out of the bed and she, she looked at me and she knew what was going on. Mm. So, you know, within 10, 15 minutes, I was in an ambulance on the way to a stroke center. Um, my kids were in tow. My wife was in tow. Um, and, and a long story short, I had a, a robotic doctor was on the screen. I hardly remember it, but he looked at me and, and then he, uh, then all the therapy. So I got a cob busting drug. I got a stent in my right carotid. I was normal within two or three hours, but I was completely paralyzed on my left side. Oh, um, no, yeah. And, and so uh, I, I stayed in the hospital for about 24 to 48 hours. And then I was released and I have not looked back since, but I was a hundred pounds heavier and, I was a business owner and I was dressed out and a doctor had just left. And so within a year, I had lost 60 pounds. I sold my business. I just decided life's too short yeah. and I was going to do something else. And so that was, uh, that was quite life-changing for me. Um, so yeah, and that's where I started walking. You know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I started walking on a treadmill and I was just like, I just, you know, I'm inside all day. So um, I live across the street from a park. And so it's a, a 0.42 miles around my park. I know that for sure. Um, <laughs> and so I did two laps, you know, the first day, just walking. Uh, and then I do that, you know, I wait a couple of days, do it again and do it again and do it again. After a while, you know, it was a mile, a mile and a half and two. And then it was always around the park. I got up to 10 laps, you know, which is almost four miles. And uh, then I started walking. Um, it was hard to walk after work because I get home around one or two. And where I live, it can get up to 110 to 115 in the summer. Mm, yeah. Easy to say no to going out there and walking. Yeah. So I started walking in the morning. And so that's where morning walk came from. Okay. He said, now I get up at four in the morning. I get to work at around uh, five. I walk or I, I start walking around 530, walk till 630 every morning. And then I come back and change and get ready for my team clients. So from Monday through Thursday, I walk at work. And then the rest of the days I walk here. And I usually walk in the morning because it's nice and cool. And it just clears your head. It's a great way to start the day. And so walking has um, great effects. I, the more I do it, the more I'm open to seeing things online and in the news of the benefits of walking, you know, and uh, it's profound. It's changed my life. So uh, that's one of, the, one of the things that has. And it's made me a happier person. I, I'm a, I, I think I'm a better husband, a better father, you know, and, and it's great. My kids are all grown. I mean, my, my kids range from 25 to 35, so they're all grown. But they still live with me. Two, 
Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm wondering just business and leadership wise, and even with what's the changes that have happened to you and, 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 uh, heart wise and, and, and all that kind of stuff. What would you, if you were starting over again, what would you do differently? Particularly it, when it comes to leadership, like how would you, is there ways that you would work with your staff differently? Are there ways that you would maybe structure your, your time differently? What are some things that you would, you would change? Um, what I, what I, what I've always done, uh, well, what I did when I was in the corporate world was I figured out, I figured out leadership. I was a terrible leader. Um, you know, when I was in the corporate world, because I didn't understand that it wasn't about what people do when you're there in the room. It's what people do when you leave that makes you a leader, right? So, so, so that took me years to figure out. But once I did, then, then when I got into business and, and I bought my own business in 2005, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. And I'm I'm very much brought up in the Stephen Covey Seven Habits type model. In fact, I I have um, a lot of handouts and and talks on that. So so what I did was um, from day one, my goal was to work myself out of a job. Mm. That's what it was, and the way to do that was to hire and train and mentor leaders within my hospital. So that so that if I left, nothing would happen. It would continue to run, you know, um, and, and and so it that did two things. One is it created leadership. Those leaders started creating other leaders, and those leaders started creating other leaders. And so when you look at our hospital, there's a there's something called a registered veterinary technician or RVT, and they're very hard to find. You know, most people have maybe one. Uh, for for every three to four veterinarians, we have six because we've grown our own. You know, because we 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 just train people. And what I found was that in doing that, everybody was used to their highest purpose. And so we not only had people working who like to come to work and being used at their highest purposes. So I have almost no turnover, none. People have been with me 20 years. Some of them have been there 20, 25 years, even before I bought it, I'd retain them. Mm-hmm. You know, and if people leave, they leave for a better purpose, a better vision, more things for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that that's, that's the key. If I had it all to do over again, to be honest, Rod, I'd do the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it worked. <laughs> that's good. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you really set the example too, right? Like you, uh, it sounds like it, whatever you were doing was passed down, you know, down, it, I guess it, you can say it was passed down to the other people or the other people that you're working with. Yeah. I, I, I think there's no greater compliment than to have somebody say something to somebody else and know, and they're saying it of their own volition and they're saying it from their own experience. But to know the reason that they're saying that is because you had said it to them a year later, earlier, or five years earlier. But that they that they not only um, emulate what you're doing, but they actually learn and they actually are in a different you know mental model. They're in a different state uh, of being uh, when they do that. 
So I'm I, I'm just very interested that that people grow um, fundamentally spiritually that their leadership has has a um, kind of a way about it such that such that they naturally garner followers. You know, right? Because if you're walking down the road and nobody's following you, you're not leading. You know, and I. I, you know, somebody asked, I think, I think uh, John Maxwell said, you know, how do you define leadership? And he said, it's influence. But you can have all the influence in the world, but if nobody's following you, you're not leading. You know, so I, I, I'm very much kind of this, this, I marinate in this stuff. And I, I just kind of just, I speak about it all the time. What got you into personal mastery like 25 years ago? Was there some... <laughs> Something that was the yes. spark for that, <laughs> yeah. Spark, spark. So, at that point, I was in a corporate group where I was managing twenty some odd hospitals in California, and I was wow. driving. You know, so this was in nineteen ninety five. There are no cell phones. Yeah. You know, nothing like that. You know, you have a radio in the car and you have a cassette player. You know. Yeah. So what do you do for hours and hours? I drove a hundred thousand miles a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. so I bought this tape set called the seven habits of highly effective people. I wondered if it was cut. So I put it in, <laughs> yeah. I put it in there, you know, I was just listening to it and I thought, oh my, you know, this is just, this is just simple stuff. It's easy. Everyone yeah. does it. So, so, so then I listened to it again, listened to it again. And then I thought, holy crap, I don't do any of this, you know? And that's when I realized why I was such a sucky leader is because I didn't do any of the things. I didn't take personal responsibility for for how I acted, and I didn't take agency for it. Um, I didn't really have a plan. I didn't use my time wisely. You know, I didn't listen right. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't. You know, win win was not such a weird concept. It was always. You know, I was very transactional. You know, so so it, that was my come to. You know come to reality moment and and um and i transformed my personal mission statement which i had for ever now and and i started kind of preaching the gospel if you will which was for me what the leadership gospel was was take personal responsibility um in in medical talk i call that tpr um TPR is temperature pulse of restoration, but it's actually taking personal responsibility, you know. <laughs> I see. And, and, and then, and then from there, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, finding what your purpose is, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I think once you find your purpose, that's what evokes transformation. So that's part of the coactive model. You know, I said people are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And in coactive, you just treat the, you coach the whole person, you know. And you kind of dance in the moment. That's one of the cornerstones is dancing in the moment, meaning, you know, you, you kind of be able, you use your intuition, you're nimble, you kind of ask questions and you kind of dance in that moment. But the biggest one for me is evoking transformation. And that 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 is the other cornerstone. So that's the four for co-acting. The co and the co-active model is about, co means partnering with somebody, you know? So I think of myself as a thinking partner for for others and we just sit down and you know co-create um we co-evoke we co-dance in the moment you know those are the things that we do and yeah it's it's just it's just neat so 
that was my beginning. That was about 25 years ago. I was right about the right age, uh, seems like, uh, and the people I'm coaching are, you know, they start coming into their own, um, you know, naturally um, as as leaders. You know, in, in in my mind, it just seems like in right around their 30s and 40s. So, yeah, great. I don't know if that's your same same view of of it, but uh, <laughs> no, I love it. It's probably more in depth than I try to think about it. It's really good. I, I love those principles that you that you shared. Yeah, Excellent. I'm 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 the five. I'm the five. I'm going to think deeply. That's my thing. <laughs> So uh, we did mention that you've just uh, released this website and it's the morning walking coach uh, or morning walk coaching.com. I did struggle with that all along. Like just try to make sure I got, got it right. <laughs> is it morning walking coach? Is it? Actually, I think you have that yeah. domain as well, don't you? <laughs> but, I'm morning yeah. walk, morning walk coach and morning walk coaching. I got them both. Yeah, I didn't know which one I was going to use, but um, yeah, I like morning walk coaching. It's, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, you've got you got some great testimonials on there. It sounds like you're really helping people, helping the people that you work with, and um, you know, sort of one of my pet peeves is people that get into coaching that don't have any real business experience or even any real life experience, um, oh. but. <laughs> But you've got it. So I, I, I would imagine you're a wonderful coach. You know, you've had business experience at a very high level and, uh, you know, you've owned your own business. And so, yeah, and you've got plenty of life experience. So yeah, I hope people will, will check out your website and, and, um, like you say on the website, they, if they want to just have a, a free, uh, introductory session with you, they can do that there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's right on the website. You know, just press the button and go to my Calendly and book a two-hour, uh, you know, talk. It's uh, it's free. It's no charge. And you know, I'd love to talk to anybody who wants to talk to me. And uh, I I've had not only experience in business, but um, if you think about being a veterinarian, I've probably been with people um, at their at their happiest and saddest moments. You know, <laughs> there's not a whole lot. I haven't, you know, like you said, your, your pets are gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're, they're a part of our lives. And, and yeah. So, but you're making me think of when our, we had this beautiful Cocker Spaniel, we had to put him down, you know, it was a very, we were all standing around as a family crying with the, with the veterinarian there. Yeah. Very right. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, I, 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 I've been with people in those moments and, and, and you have to you have to hold that moment sacred, and there's something sacred about about whenever life transitions. It's of course different with people, you know. And I was a lot there when my dad transitioned, and so it's it it's just it's just kind of part of it. But it gives you a sense of um, it gives you a sense and a way to connect. And I I, I hopefully I connect with my clients. Um, of all types, everywhere, always. Good. Well, it's so good to connect with you. I mean, I think we did this whole thing via email. I don't think we even had a phone conversation when we built the website. So it's no. nice to at least no. at least meet you on video. <laughs> and great to meet you. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. My pleasure. Mm -hmm.